This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor. Don't like your odds? Enjoy daily bet boosts on your favourite sports and make your best bet now at betvictor.com. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. Hello everybody and welcome back to the latest episode of the Turfcast podcast pre-game show with me, Joe Rebin. Unfortunately, it's one of the pre-game shows where I couldn't get a fan on from the opposition Southampton fans. Uh, the ones that I know were busy on the days that I could do it and I was busy on the days that they could do it. It was just a bit of a shit show to be honest. So I decided to do it myself. Uh, recording this on Wednesday, we play them on Thursday uh, and you don't need me again to tell you that it is another massive week at Turf Moor. So we have Southampton up next, as obviously, because that's a game I'm talking about um, on Thursday. Then on Sunday, we've got Wolverhampton Wanderers again at home. So two home games in the space of just a few days against two teams that have absolutely nothing to play for. Both teams are on the beach. OK, Southampton picked up a very good win against Arsenal last time out. But before that, their form has been dreadful. Um, Wolves have been a little bit hit and miss. That I feel like they're on the beach, um, like I said. So, you know, it's it it's the pressure's off them, so they can play with freedom, I suppose. Um, 
But if you can't beat a team when you're staring down the barrel of relegation that has nothing to play for, then you deserve to go down. Just like you deserve to go down if you can't beat Norwich at Norwich and, and you know, I'm going to say Brentford at Brentford. That's probably a little bit harsh because they have turned a corner now since signing Ericsson. But put it this way, you deserve to go down and finish in the bottom three. And at the minute, we're looking like we're going to finish in the bottom three. So it is Southampton up next. Of course, we'll be talking about that and we will be talking um, a lot about the Sean Dyche uh, situation, the next manager situation. Um, of course, we did a live on the channel. If you want to go and check it out, please do. Now it's still on the channel. It was live, but of course, it stays on the channel after the live has finished. Uh, if podcasting on your thing and you're listening to this on your um, podcast device or whatever, um, then there is a podcast available for it as well. It's just basically the live in podcast form. But um, I've said my piece on it at the time. Now that the dust has settled a little bit, um, my overriding emotion is still confusion, mainly, more than anything. Um, it's just the timing doesn't make sense. I have come round to the idea of it, it may or... It, I didn't want him to leave. I've, I've, I've nailed my colours to the mass on that one, and I still will say I didn't want him to leave. But when you look at the last two years, you can understand the decision and the choice that the chairman um, has come to. Um, ultimately, I do think it is the wrong one. Um, I would have kept him until minimum halfway through next season. Some people have, have, have criticised before that, um, saying if he's not getting the results, you might as well, you might as well change it now. Fair enough. Um, I personally thought he had enough credit in the bank. Um, to be able to at least see um, until October or something like that next season. And if we're not still not doing good enough, get rid then. Um, but now that the dust has settled, I can see why, in a way, it's come to the decision. But I just don't understand. I still, it's the timing of it for me. It is just the timing. I st it still doesn't make any sense. If you're going to sack him, sack him in January, February, I would have still thought it was a wrong decision if he got sacked in January slash February. But you would be able to understand what they were doing. You'd be able to look at it and say, right, you, they want to stay up. They want the new manager bounce. You know, the, the finances in the championship aren't potentially enough to keep the club afloat. Again, that's just a rumour. Um, so you'd be able to understand it anyway, at the very, very minimum. Sacking him on Friday, I think it was it Friday. Um, sacking him the day before a game anyway. I think it was Saturday, weren't it? I can't remember. Sacking him the day before a game, though, a big game. Um, against, uh, it was Friday, wasn't it? A big game, um, a couple of days before a big game against West Ham, you know, a game that, you know, we played well in, to be fair, but a game that we could win because they are good, but they were tired. Um, they've looked a little bit off form recently, apart from in the Europa League, because all their eggs are in that basket. They want to win the Europa League, so they're not playing very well in the Premier League. Um, so we could have won that one, but of course, in the end, we did come away with the point. And in, uh, I think... We're unfortunate not to win it, but then at the same time, we're unfortunate not to lose it, weren't we? Because, of course, Pope had to make a string of saves towards the end to keep, to keep us in it. But Corny sticks the penalty away, and it's 2-0. And let's be honest, stick the penalty away. Don't fanny about with one of them run-ups. I, 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 I hate this, this section of the Burnley fan base at the minute where there's certain players that you can't criticise, but certain players you can. I can criticise Corny for, for being poor in the last two weeks. Yes, if it wasn't for him, we'd probably be bottom. Yes, for me, he probably is the player of the season. But you can still criticise him for being poor in the last two weeks. This, this, what's the word? This siege mentality has got to stop. Like certain sections of the fan base are, are better than the other. It's pathetic. If I want to criticise Corey for missing a penalty, missing a sitter against Norwich, he deserved that criticism. He's cost us the last two weeks. Yes, without him, we would be bottom, but he still cost us the last two weeks. Um, so I think that needs to stop. Um, but yeah, what are we talking about? Yeah. So the, the dice, sorry, it went off tangent then. Uh, the dice thing, it just doesn't make sense in the timing of it because 
why do it at the time we've done it? Now, there's loads of rumours flying about. This is the bit I want to touch on. There's loads of rumours flying about. Now, I I will put, um, for legal reasons, put a disclaimer out there right now saying I know nothing. I have no inside information whatsoever. I'm not, not going to be one of these people that pretend to. There's so many pages out there pretending they've got inside information when they just haven't. Um, or if they do, it's always like, oh, my dad's mate. No, shut up. Um, but the radio silence from the club and the players, I am now, at first I was like, I weren't that bothered when it was like one day, two days, but now it's been a week and it's deafening. The silence is deafening. Um, I was never under the um, thought process that something big had happened. There was rumours, and again, for legal reasons, this is just a rumour. I'm not for any shape or form way of saying this had happened, that there had been a bust-up between Dyson and Corny, um, and then other senior players stepped in, and that's what caused him to be sacked. Um, I don't think something like that has happened. It might do, I could be wrong. Um, but I think something may have gone on. I don't think it's like a big event, though, like that. I just think it's maybe the relationship between the players and the management team had slowly been drifting apart. And there was this bullying accusations towards Steve Stone. Again, for legal reasons, they are just accusations. But that was already out there in the press. He was being investigated for bullying, I think, under 23 players. Um, and I think Dash backed him publicly, didn't he? Or, or potentially privately. Again, legal reasons. I don't know what happened privately. Um, and I just feel that maybe that was sort of like the last straw for the players. Uh, and then they just they just weren't playing for him anymore. I think I think that much was evident. I think that much was evident. You could look at the performance against Norwich, against Brentford, against Leeds away, against Newcastle away, against Watford at home and just say they, they weren't they weren't playing for him anymore. I don't feel like they were anyway. Um but again that's all all rumor, all hearsay, legal reasons I'm not in any way, shape or form saying that is what happened. But I just feel like the relationship became strained because Dice was back in um, his management team, despite there being under investigation for bullying, because if if it's still under investigation, I'm not sure what the conclusion of that investigation is. But if it did happen, I know I know the first team in the under under 23s train in different areas. But having worked at a football club in the past, it wasn't Burnley. But having worked at a football club in the past, the obviously the players in the under 23s they know each other, they see each other, you know, they walk past each other, they'll talk to each other. Um, they even use the same canteen, not necessarily at the same time, but they will use the same canteen. I, again, I'm not sure if that's the case at Burnley. It probably isn't the case at somewhere like Manchester United and Manchester City because they have enough money. But um, at the football club I worked at, uh, it was it was it was a League Two club, um, but you know they did use the same same canteen and they spoke to each other. So if something was going on, the the senior players would have known about it. And if Dice was then backing him publicly or, or privately or both, um, that's going to piss the players off. Um, so that's just my thought process. I don't necessarily believe there's been a big fight. Um, I don't necessarily believe there's been a big, massive event. Um, I could be wrong. Um, but I just feel that the relationship just became too strained. Um, and maybe that resulted in like a few heated words or recently just the players completely down in tools. Um, and again, that's not me saying they did. Um, but I, I just I just feel that's what happened. But what strikes me is the silence from the club and the players that's the most important one you would think at least Ben Me because Ben Mee's on Instagram now and Twitter he never used to be and he's the captain of the club he, he is he is sort of like the figurehead for the players so you would have thought if this mutual respect was still there between Daesh and his management team and the playing squad that somebody would have come out and said something somebody would have come out and said don't necessarily have to say we've got to see you leave you don't necessarily have to say um you know something along them lines just say thank you for your service for the past 10 years Thank you for everything. 
you know, but now we focus on on moving forward, you know, something like that. Just 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 two or three lines, but there was nothing. The club obviously put the statement out and it said we want to place on record thanks, blah blah blah. Um, but when Tom Eaton left, big massive video. Um, Danny Ings left, big video, big feature thing. Same with Trippier, I think. Um, same with Michael Keane. There has been nothing. Now, I'm not for one second saying Alan Pace should come out and say, this is why I came to this decision. That's not what happens. Um, but you would have thought the club socials or the club website would have been a little bit more so like complimentary towards Sean after the last nine and a half years if, you know, there wasn't, you know, that it, again, I'm not saying there's a big event, but if something hadn't gone on, I, I just feel like there's that something potentially has gone on behind the scenes. Do I think we will ever find out? Potentially not. Do I think the club should tell us? No, of course it shouldn't. It's not our place to know. And, and fans like they get arsy about stuff like this. Like Michael, I deserve to know. You don't deserve. You don't deserve to know what's going on behind the scenes. At the end of the day, it's Alan Pace's sort of like business. He will run it how he wants, whether you like it or not. Um, and we just need to get on with it now. We just need to get on with it now. I am. I am still sad that he's left in the way that he's left and how he left and the position that we are in as a club. But we need to move forward now. The Dash era is behind us. We need to bring in the next era, whether it's the Michael Jackson era for the next seven games, and then we move on to a different era. Um, I'm not so sure, but we do need to move forward now. And let's speaking of moving forward, we have seven games left to save our Premier League status. Do I think we will do it? No. Am I already resigned to relegation? Yes. And can I just say, for those that are not yet resigned to relegation, just accept it. Let it go. My mental health has been so much better these past few weeks um, since the Norwich game because I just I just let it go. You know what? I let it, I let it go before the Everton game, then they brought me back in by winning that. Uh, and then they were shy again against Norwich. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm not having this. So I just I just give up and I've given up now. Um, ask me again on Friday if we win on Thursday, how I feel. And I'll say we're definitely 100% staying up. Um, you know what it's like. It's just swings and roundabouts, isn't it? They'll bring you back in and then they'll push you away again. But um, we do need to move forward now. So we have seven games to save our Premier League status. There's been rumours of an interim manager coming in and then another guy coming in. Um, in the summer, I I don't even think we should do that. If if we are going to get a guy to come in after the summer, but no matter what league we're in, just give it Michael Jackson and Ben Mee and and, and the crew. Now, what's the point in getting rid of them? We played well at West Ham. Even Ralph Hassan, who Hassan Hassan Hoodle, um, came out and said Burnley actually tried to play football against West Ham. So you know something different. It's not necessarily a dig at Sean, but it's sort of like assessing the way that we play. And I looked at that game against West Ham and thought, we are actually trying to play football here. We weren't just hoofing it up to Valtvek Horse, who can't head the ball, and everyone knows that, get it to his feet. The other person who didn't know it was Sean Dyche and Ashley Westwood. Uh, of course, Ashley Westwood, get well soon. Uh, I forgot to mention that. But um, we weren't just lumping balls up to him. We weren't just lumping hopeless balls into the channels, percentage balls, as Dyche used to call them, uh, into the channels, just for the hope of getting 80 yards up the pitch. We were actually getting the ball on the deck and getting it into Veghorst's feet and playing some football. Okay, second half, you could argue that that didn't work. Um, because we just, naturally, it's not a criticism of the players, naturally, uh, we just edged back towards our own goal and started to sit back. As you'd expect, holding on to a one-goal lead at a club as good as West Ham, we are in you know great form. Um, so, for me, I would, I'd keep Jackson in with Ben Mee alongside him, uh, who is apparently could play again between now and the end of the season now, the the, the, the talk is. Um well, I say the talk is, it's not a rumour. Jackson said it himself in, in today's press conference. So um, that's what I'd do. I'd give it Jackson now. He's got seven games, you know, not to not to get the job. I would make that clear. And I, and if I was paced, I'd make it clear to him now. I'd say, look, you have seven games. It keeps us in the Premier League. Here's five million quid or something like that. I don't know. Here's a bonus. 
um, but you cannot get the managerial position, no matter how well you, even if you win the next seven games, you cannot get the manager's position for a uh, manager's job full time. We need to get someone in with experience and stuff. Um, maybe keep Jackson at the club, you know, if, if he keeps us in the Premier League and give him a bonus. Um, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about who um, the current sort of like, um, I don't really like talking about bookies odds because A, a lot of Burnley fans um, are constantly talking about on Twitter about how they don't like, you know, the club being sponsored by a betting club and stuff, uh, betting company and stuff like that. And, you know, betting uh, can be a negative thing. But for someone who works at a bookmakers, I'm obviously, I'm going to talk about betting odds. I don't necessarily like doing it too much on here. Um, and I don't necessarily like doing it too much when it comes to um, managerial betting odds because they are very, very unreliable. Um, despite what people will try and tell you, it is literally just following the money. Someone was saying on Twitter today, he says he's a fan of the podcast. So hello, if you are a fan of the podcast and you are listening. Someone was saying on Twitter this week um, that the bookies must know something. I work for the bookmakers and I can promise you now they don't know anything. All we do... I say we. I don't work in a. I don't work in the um, the odds department. Um, I work in the broadcasting side of things, but I know the lads in the in the um, trading department quite well. Um, all they do is follow the money. So they don't. They, they will. We will. I say we again. They will compile a list of educated guesses and things like that. People out of work. People who just fit the club. That's why Wild has always been there in Allardyce. Um, and they will just basically do that, and then they will just follow the money now. I, like I said, I work for bookmakers. I work at William Hill. I know that the traders at William Hill are constantly looking at all the other markets. So, say for say for example, if Paddy Power and Sky, I know Sky Bet have a, have a market. I'm on it now. It's on your screen now. If you're watching on YouTube, by the way, that is what's on your screen now. That the current odds for the next Burnley manager. I'll read them out in a second. But how these work are. They compile a list, educated guesses, and people that just fit the club. Then the money starts coming in. People who People might know, people who think they know, people are just going to stick a speculative tenor on, you know. And these markets are so volatile that if I stuck, just looking at your screen now, Rafael Benitez is 22 to 1. If I got 50 quid on this Skybet account now, and I'd do it live, but I don't want to waste 50 quid. Um, if I stuck 50 quid in there now on Rafa Benitez, he would, his, odd, his odds are currently 22 to 1. I guarantee you there'd be at least 16s within the hour. There'd be at least 16s within the hour. And then you've got people at Paddy Power, William Hill, Betfair, whatever, uh, Fans Bet, um, Fun 88, all watching the markets on the other clubs, other clubs, other other bookies, and saying, hold on a second, Dave. Rafa Benitez has just gone from 22 to 1 to 16s on Skybet. We need to react to that ourselves. And then they'll make him 16 to 1. So people keep sharing it on, on Twitter and stuff, saying, oh, there must be something in this. There can be something in it because... I have once, I used to work at a radio station and I knew a former, former Leeds United manager. Um, I won't mention his name because he could get done. Um, in fact, I probably, I probably said too much already, but I'll, fuck it, I'll go with it. Um, and he was telling people in the office that he had been interviewed for a certain job um, because we did a bit of interviews and stuff with him. And he was telling people in the office that he had been for a certain job at a certain club. So I immediately when I heard that, saw that he was about eight, nine to one. And I immediately put like 15 quid on him because uh, I thought he'd been interviewed. And he said the interview had gone, but in the end, he didn't get it. So I lost my money. Um, but this is what I mean. Like people with inside information can start putting money on. And that's when sometimes the book is like, say for example, towards the end, whoever the manager is about to be, he will be nine to one odds on favorite probably. 
Um, but it is just a case of following the money. It is just exactly that. But they are worried that somebody that who, with inside information will be putting money on. And people do end up doing that. Like, I'm not saying, you know, Alan Pace himself is like, right, I'm going to employ David Unsworth. If he does, by the way, Pace out, um, he won't do. Uh, I'm going to employ David Unsworth. So he is, I might as well stick 10 grand on it now because I know that I'm, I'm not saying that happens, but people around him will tell people around them, will then tell people around them, and then they start putting the money on. So the money can be right, but at this stage of it, it is very, 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 very rarely right. So Chris Wilder has been all over the news. He's been refusing to answer questions about the Burnley job. Um, if you want to see that, you can see it. It's on the Turfcast page. Just search Turfcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You'll see it. He's currently the favourite. He's odds on, which means if you put one pound on, um, you'll lose a pound. No, I'm joking. Uh, he's odds on at the minute. He's one to two, two to one on, as they say. Um, so he is the current favourite. So if you put two pound on, you'll win a quid. So it's it's kind of pointless. Um, uh, Wayne Rooney, um, obviously you get your pound back for those of you that don't know betting, um, as I'm sure most of you do. Um, Wayne Rooney's next. And by the way, the Wayne Rooney one is interesting. Now, I'm just going to go against everything I've just said, but Wayne Rooney was about six to one this morning. Now, all I'm saying is, again, somebody has put some money on Wayne Rooney. That's all that means. Somebody has put some money on Wayne Rooney. Somebody somewhere has put some money on Wayne Rooney. Is it somebody with inside information? Who knows? Is it just somebody thinking, I've got a spare 50 quid. I'm going to stick it on Wayne Rooney going to Burnley because my dad's dog's dead ante said that, you know, he wants to go to Burnley. It's normally people just going off rumours and things like that. Um, after that is um, Newtson. I'm not going to try and pronounce his first name. Is it Kjetil? Kjetil? Kjetil Newtson, currently at Bordeaux slash Glint. Uh, East 7, Samuel Allardyce at 12s. Nuno Espirito Santo at 18. Slavon Bilic at 21. Unsworth 22. Benitez 22. Carlos Carvajal, who is, I think, in La Liga at the minute. I might be wrong. At uh, 25, Fark at 25, Carrick 25, Duff 25, Solskjaer 25, Neville 25, Vincent Company 25. Now, the reason why I went all the way down there is I wanted to see what Vincent Company was. Gattuso. Gattuso at 28 to 1. Have a day off. See, they don't know what the... Gattuso. No chance. There's absolutely no chance. But they are the latest odds anyway. I was interested to see what company was because there are rumours this week that... Um, Burnley have spoken to him, or the rumours were that we were going to um, to interview a couple of managers in Europe, and we were linked with um, Newtson at Bordeaux slash Glint and company. So I thought company odds might have been a little bit shorter, but people are probably just ma making sense of it and going, company's not going to go to Burnley, so I'm not going to put 50 quid on him, you know. Um, so they are the latest odds. I personally, looking at that list, uh, out, out, of the, out of the favourites, I wouldn't mind Wilder. You know, people are, are criticising Wilder. Oh, he took Sheffield United down, blah, blah, blah. Why would you want him? Sean Dyche took Burnley down. Why would you want to keep him if, that, if that's your logic? Because I've seen the same people going, we should have never got rid of him. Why would we get Wilder? He took Sheffield United down. He was taking us down. He was taking us down. Dyche was taking us down. Has taken us down, I think, in my opinion. Uh, we'll do very, very well to stay up now from here. But I would have Wilder. He worked wonders at Sheffield United. Yes, it's faded out. It, it went stale in a similar way to what the Dice situation has done a lot quicker, in fairness, uh, to what the Dice situation has done. But when they they were knocking on the door of the Europa League the year after we qualified, a couple of years after we qualified for it, um, ultimately they did slip away. But they were they, they played some good stuff and, and, and he gets, well, Wilder gets labelled with um, sort of like dinosaur stuff and he's just not. Everyone knows he's not. If you actually sit down and watch football, Wilder plays some good stuff. He has the overlapping centre-backs, which, to be fair, I don't think our centre-backs will be good enough to, especially not Ben Mee. Talking might suit it a little bit. 
Um, but Ben Mead definitely wouldn't suit it. And Collins could, actually. Collins Collins is better at the ball with his feet than Ben Mee is. Um, but Ben Mee would not suit that role at all. Um, so it'd be interesting. I it, My my 100% favourite, because I am resigned to relegation, would be Newton because he has rebuilt that squad uh, up in Norway. They just got to the quarterfinals or the, the last 16 of the Europa League. Um Beat Jose Marino's Roma, I think, in the first leg. Ultimately got knocked out in the second leg. But he has built that squad. He's taken a few years to do it, but he has built that squad from nothing. They are a small town team, smaller than Burnley, um, punching above their weight. And that's a term that I hate, but everyone loves to sort of like label Burnley with that because technically it is true. Um, but sport isn't about weight. Sport isn't, you aren't where you are on the football calendar, uh, football tree, sorry, sorry, because of your weight. It's a load of rubbish. Um but technically, it is true we do punch above our weight. But um, so yeah, I would have that. I would have him. Sorry, because we are, like I said, we are going down. So it gives us a chance to rebuild. We've got ten players out of contract. If I was Pace, I would be shitting myself a little bit at the prospect of going down, knowing that um, the club was bought in a particular way that means the finances in the championship wouldn't be able potentially to get us by if the rumours of the way he bought the club are true, which we'll find out in the next few weeks. And I think the accounts come out. Um. So I'd be like, okay, I have, or the club has X amount of money. We need to use a percentage of that and, you know, look at the parachute payments that we've got coming in for the next couple of years and say, right, here you go, Newtson, rebuild that squad like you rebuilt Bordeaux. And then he plays attacking football. He plays 4-3-3 from what I'm told. I've read a few articles on him. I just think that, I think the entire club needs a culture change. Honestly, I really do. I know it's going to sound ridiculous and it's going to sound 10 times harder than it needs to be. But we've watched a certain style of football for so long, and for me, I didn't I didn't mind that style of football. That style of football was good when it was working. Any style of football is good when it's working. But for the last two years, it hasn't worked. All right, we stayed up last year, but we stayed up because three teams are worse than us, not because of how good we are. This year, we're going down because it hasn't been good enough. Um, so I, I would have an entire culture change. I get rid of this nonsense of you're not allowed to wear ripped jeans. I get rid of this nonsense of you're not allowed to wear headphones. By the way, did you notice Max O'Corne wearing headphones coming off the coach against Norwich? That would not have happened under Dash. Uh, and fair play to him. You, you know, cat's away. Well, the cat's gone, should I say. Um, so you need to get rid of that. I, I don't, I'm, I've never been a big fan of that. We, we all just, well, I personally just turned a blind eye to it because it was getting results. And you can't complain when it's getting results. Yeah, fair enough, it's got results. But we have now gone in a different sort of way with the type of signings that we're making. Bringing in someone like Max O'Connor, who is from Ivory Coast, uh, has been living in France uh, for X amount of years, probably since he was a teenager. You know, coming to somewhere like Burnley and having a, a big, bold ginger man say no, you can't listen to this music that you like. You can't wear these certain sort of jeans that you like. You can't drive a certain car into training. You have to drive an XYZ car into training. It's it's going to be a massive shock for him. And maybe that's part of the reason why he's gone off the boil a little bit towards the latter end of the season. Maybe he's just not feeling it anymore. Who knows? But I feel like we need an entire culture change. Get someone in with a completely different ethos. Rebuild the squad from the bottom up because we have to, because there's 10 players out of contract. And then just go from there. So my my choice at the minute will be Newton. I'm not going to for one second sit here and pretend I've watched 50 Bodo slash Glint games. I'm just going off things that I've read and things that I've seen that he's achieved with a small team in Norway, uh, punching above their weight and and just doing well with him in Europe as well. I did watch 
I say I watched it. I watched some of the highlights of of, of their Roma game um, while we're working because we do cover the Europa League at work, uh, and it was on uh, the pod next to me. The guy in the pod next to me was actually covering it, uh, so I did glance over and see that a few times. But I, I won't for one second pretend I'm an expert on him. Um, but looking at what he's achieved, you know, you just do some research. It's, it's easy to find out what he has achieved. I will take him. I personally will take him. I I, I admit it's a gamble, but I think it's kind of like a left. That's what. Pace has done with the signings, hasn't he? He's done something different. He's gone in a different direction. Okay, yes, we've still brought in, you know, young up-and-coming British footballers in the likes of Collins and, of course, Roberts. Um, but he's also gone a different left-field direction by bringing in, you know, up-and-coming internationals uh, such as Veghorst and Corne. So I think he will use this opportunity to do something different. And I, I'm I'm all for it. Like, I, I honestly am all for it. I, I think that we've been stuck in a rut for the last couple of years. And I, I just feel it is time to now move the club to the next level. I know it's 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 ironic saying that when we're actually physically going down to the next level. Um, and some fans won't like it because some fans are so set in the ways uh, and you might be listening to this thinking, Joe, you're talking shit, get Wilder in because he's not that much different. I mean, he is quite a bit different, but to look at is not much different. So it gives people a sense of familiarity. But for me, a complete culture change, complete ethos change just start again start again in the championship get someone in that can play free-flowing attacking football and go from there and the best examples i can give you are look at palace look at palace they got rid of hodgson they had 12 13 players out of contract in the summer they had a rebuild job they brought in patrick vieira They've done better this season. Not so, not not as not as much better as as you'd think if you actually look at where they are in the league. But they're playing better football. I think they're one place higher in the league now than where they finished last season. But of course, they got to the FA Cup semi final. So, Palace fans will look on this season with sort of like fond memories. Whereas you won't really look on last season with fond memories when you're finishing, I think, the 14th, 15th, and getting knocked out in the cup in the early stages. Whereas this season, they're playing good football, picking up good wins. Yes, they're only one place higher in the league, but you know you could probably blame the the FA Cup run for that. But you know they'll look back at that cup run with some fond memories, and then they had a doubt at Wembley. So Palace is a good example, and Brighton. I, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Brighton, and I'm not even the biggest fan of Potter. I do think he's overrated, but they went in a different direction. They had Hewton, they got rid of him, and they brought in Potter, a guy who was also from I think it was it Norway. I know he's British, but he, he was playing uh, managing a team in Norway or, or Scandinavia, and it was somewhere in Scandinavia. I think it was Norway. could potentially be Sweden. Um, I think it was Sweden, actually, but, you know, we'll gloss over that if I've got it wrong. Um, but again, they went in a different direction, and it's worked for them. Yeah, they're not great, and they've had a big recent, until the last few games, so that slump in form, but they're better than us. Let, let's be honest, they are better than us. Same with Palace. They're not amazing, but they're better than us. I think it's time for us to go down that route, bring in a different sort of player, completely different sort of, of style, blah, 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 play attacking football and then just go for it and then just go for it. Win the championship next season again and go 46 games unbeaten, 48, whatever. I mean, it's 40, it's 46 in it, yeah. And just go loads of games unbeaten, even more. Just shut all these morning fans up, which I am one of them. I was mourning like nothing when Dice left, but the dust has settled and it's time to move on. I went on Sky Sports last week and said I was disappointed to see him leave. I still am, but it's time. Honestly, it's time to move on. It really is. Get someone completely different in and let's go from there. I've realised I've babbled so long already. I've not even spoken about the Southampton game, um, but I've still got some things to chat about so quickly. Um, let's have a look at our remaining fixtures. I will, again, for those of you watching on YouTube, I'm very quickly trying to get it on your screen so you can see 
Burnley's remaining fixtures and what we need to do to stay in the Premier League. Right, so next, tonight, um, I say tonight, tomorrow, it's probably tonight when you're listening slash watching this, um, Southampton, winnable, Wolves away, uh, sorry, Wolves all winnable, Watford, all them three games are winnable, man. I know, I <laughs> And realise how stupid I sound when we've won four games all season. I'm saying we can three, three, we can win three in a row. But we can win three in a row. Uh, can we? I don't know. It's, it's the hope that kills you. Like I said, I'm resigned to it because I don't want to get myself sucked in. But then I look at the fixtures and, I, and you can hear the angst in my voice. So, Southampton winnable. Honestly, I'm looking at that and I'm the only... The only the only game I'm worried about, the only two games I'm worried about is Tottenham away and Newcastle at home. Newcastle, they're on a resurgent bit of form. They're winning left, right and centre. They, they, but they will have nothing to play for on the final day of the season. They might feel like they have a point to prove, especially Chris Wood as well and Eddie Howe. Um, so they might be up for it as well. But we're playing Southampton, we've got nothing to play for. We can beat teams that have nothing to play for. We can beat Southampton and Wolves. Yes, Watford. That could just be another Norwich or another Brentford because they're going to be up for it. But Villa, they've got nothing to play for and they've been hit and miss. We've got to play them twice. You know what? I'm going to come off this because I'm looking at our fixtures and I'm getting excited again, thinking we can do it. Um, but anyway, look at that. Keep that in your head and compare compare these fixtures to the fixtures I'm just about to show you. And I know we've all done it a million times. We've all looked at Everton's fixtures, but I'm just going to do it again just for you, just, just so we've discussed it. So they play Leicester tonight. I genuinely think that they will win that game. Honestly, I do. I think they'll never win that game. So that'll put them six points clear. But then they've got they've got Leicester again. No, it's another Palace uh, Villa situation with us, isn't it? But then they've got Leicester at home. Then Liverpool and Chelsea. They will lose. They will definitely lose against Liverpool. 100% they are losing against Liverpool. I'm 95% certain that they'll lose against Chelsea. They worry me at Goodison, honestly, to be fair. They do worry me at Goodison. And I think they are so bad away from home. We saw how bad they were at the turf. They were dreadful. We didn't win that game, in my opinion, because of how good we were. We won it because of how bad Everton were. There was two mistakes leading up to that third goal. Pickford kicking out of play, then Godfrey just kicking it to Vidra. Vidra did well and Corne did well, yes, but without their mistakes, we don't, we don't win that game. So I do think they get beat at Leicester. So I think I think they win tonight. Oh, they've won. Oh, you probably you might be listening to this on Thursday and they've already won. So I got that one right, tick, or I got it wrong, whatever. Um, if thank hopefully they got it wrong, and you know, we only need to win that one game to go above them. But just look at that. I mean, there is winnable games in there, though. That worries me. But look at that and compare it to ours. Leicester at home, winnable. Liverpool away, Chelsea at home. They lose ball for them. Nine, 195% certain they lose ball for them. But then they've got Leicester away. I'm about 70% in Leicester's camp. Then Watford away, potentially a draw. I don't know, because they pull away from home. They'll beat Brentford at home. They'll probably beat Palace at home. So they, they, they do worry me a bit. They're them winnable games. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. But Everton aren't the only one that are in it. I think Leeds are probably a little bit too far, and I don't think that we will catch Leeds, but we will just take a quick look at the Leeds fixtures. So they play. They've got six games left. They play Palace away. I think Leeds are poor. I think they lose that. I'll just make it bigger. I'm making it smaller. I'll just make it bigger for yours on YouTube so you can actually see it. Apologies if you can't see the Everton fixtures because they were a bit small. Uh, so they've got Palace away and Man City at home. Get in. I tell you what, their fixtures are worse than Liverpool's. Uh, Everton's. Apologies, Everton fans. Uh, their fixtures are worse. So I think they get beat against Palace. Honestly, I think Palace are a good side. I think they'll put Leeds to the sword. I, th I think they lose that game. They definitely lose to City 100%. I'm 80% certain they lose at Arsenal. They 100% lose at home to Chelsea. They'll probably beat Brighton at home. They'll potentially beat Brentford away on the last day of the season. But Brentford, I know Brentford and Leeds had a bit of a thing a few years ago when Brentford went up. 
Uh, not when Brentford went up, because um, they were going for it together, weren't they? Them sort of teams. Uh, I think they played each other in the playoffs uh, one season, because uh, I remember Pontus Janssen playing against them. I don't know much about Leeds' history and stuff like that, so forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think I think theirs is just as bad as Everton's, honestly. We definitely, 100% have the easiest running. 100%. It's not even up for debate. 100%. If we go down, again, you've only got yourselves to blame, but I've been saying that for a while. And finally, just before I move on to the Southampton game, I'm going to bring up the league table on your screen. Um, so we'll cut out Liverpool at the top because that's not nice to see, is it? So we'll cut out Liverpool at the top. Um, so Norwich bottom, 21 points. Watford second bottom, 22 points. Then there's a gap of three points to the mighty Clarets who are on 25 points. Then another gap uh, to Everton who are on um, 28 points. So that's three point gap there. Having said that, I've just been talking about Leeds. I didn't realise how far away the head of us. Um, so we're on 25 points. They're on 33. That's eight points ahead of us, but we do have a game in hand. So we win We win the game in hand. You know, we bring them in. That's five points. Um, and they're, they're running this tough. They're running this tough. Villa. Interesting. Now, it's a shame that Villa had a little bit of resurgence when they got um, Gerard in, isn't it? Because they'd be well down there. They'd be well down there. Newcastle are safe. Palace are safe. Villa are probably safe. I think Leeds are safe. Gen- I can't see Leeds coming down. I don't think we're good enough to catch that. I think they're too far ahead of us. I think Leeds would have to lose pretty much every game between now and the end of the season to go down, um, which I don't think is beyond the realms of possibility looking at their fixtures, but I do think there's winnable games in there for Leeds. Uh, so I do think Leeds will win again between now and the end of the season. Uh, I do think we pick up two more wins, potentially three. Um, so if Leeds do win, uh, do lose every single game, then we may catch them. But we are. it's a tough task from where we're at. But yeah. Uh, apologies, let's move on to the Southampton game. Now, of course, um, I don't have a Southampton fan here with me, so I can't talk too much in depth about Southampton, but I'm looking at this game and I'm thinking it's winnable. Look at where they are in the league. Uh, it's just been on your screen now. I'm still looking at it. They are 12th. They are on 39 points. They are 100% safe. Brentford in 11th. When did that happen? They have won the last three, to be fair. Um, but, you know, they were well down there. People were even, even midway through the season, people like Brentford, they've lost like eight in a row. That this is what this is what a good signing can do for you, and knowing how to use that signing. I wasn't criticising about Vecos there. I don't think we know how to utilise him. I said at the time that the signing of Ericsson could read, you know, what's the word? So like rejuvenate Brentford, and it has done. That's exactly what it has done. I think he's scored one and got three assists since he's come in. Um, so they've won four out of their last five of Brentford. That's why they are in eleventh. So they're safe. So Southampton are safe. Look at Wolves in eighth. I say they have not to play for, by the way. I didn't realise that they could still get seventh. Um, but do I think they'll get seventh? No. So I think we can still beat Wolves. If we can get a draw at West Ham and we can beat you know, Tottenham at home like we have done, we can beat Wolves. We can do it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm... Um, I'm excited for this Southampton game because I think I think we can beat them. I think they're on the beach. Um, I think there is sort of like a, a different sort of um, air around Burnley at the minute. I think the shackles might be off a little bit. I saw him play against West Ham, as, as pretty much everyone listening to this will have done. And we played better football. Even Hassan Hootel has said it. And I just think we'll co- try and continue that um, over the next over the next few few weeks. And hopefully we can pick up some wins. And if you look at the league table now, there. Um, Everton are three points ahead of us. If they win tonight against Leicester, that puts them on 31 points. Um, so we will have to win our next two games. If they win tonight, we have to win our next two. Let's, I think I think we've got to put that put that there now. We have to win our next two. If they win tonight, we have to win our next two to be able to go to, to be in with a chance. But if they win tonight, for example, win 1-0, they will go on to 
31 points on minus 18 goal difference. Whereas if we win our next two games, only 1-0, we will go on 31 points on a minus 17 goal difference. So we can go above them if we win our next two home games. And then after that, they've got Liverpool and Chelsea. So we need to win the next two games. Or if, you know, they get beat tonight, Leicester, if you're watching, you know, do us a favour. You beat us at the turf. You can beat Everton at Goodison, can't you? Um, then, then yeah, th then we can go above them just by beating Southampton. Because um, obviously they'll, they'll get negative goal difference from it. And that's all. We just win that game. We go above them ju just by winning it because our goal difference will be better, even if it is the same now. So... Yeah, a massive couple of two weeks at the t at the turf coming up. A massive two weeks, um, sorry, two games, sorry, a massive week, massive two games coming up uh, on the pitch, and a massive couple of weeks coming up off the pitch. Uh, I've had my say on that. I've had my say on the relegation battle. I've had my say very, 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 very briefly on the Southampton game. There's not much I can say when I don't have a Southampton fan here with me. Um, my prediction is Burnley two, Southampton nil. I don't know why, where that's come from. I've just got a bit of a feeling that we might win the Southampton game. I don't... It's difficult. I I, I let my heart rule my head sometimes. Very rarely, those of you that listen to the podcast. Um, but I think this is one of the moments where I'm just going to be like, right, under the lights, new manager, well, new interim bounce, hopefully, you know, playing different style of football. Um, fingers crossed we can go into this game and get something. Fingers crossed we can. I think we can... And I'm going to predict that we will. I think they're just on the beach. They've got nothing to play for. They've been out of form recently, apart from a, a win last week um, against Arsenal, I think it was. Um, so we, I think we can do it. I genuinely think we can do it. And I think we will do it. Yeah, they beat Arsenal 1-0. Um, good result, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to be it for this week's pre-game show. I'm calling it a pre-game show. I've not previewed the game in any way, shape or form. But it is it is the it is the pre-game show. I'm on my own. I do have a Wolves fan next. I have a Wolves fan ready for the Wolves game, unless he pulls out on me for whatever reason. Um, so if you do prefer the ones where I chat to a fan of the opposition, then that will be back for the Wolves game. I know some of you like this one. So I've said before, I'm going to try and do shows, probably mainly next season now, where it is... 50% me chatting like this and 50% an opposition fan doing like two separate sort of things. Uh, and then that's the best of both worlds, isn't it? Um, but yeah, thank you for watching. Um, I will hopefully be doing a post-game show. I didn't get to do one against West Ham because it was Easter Sunday and nobody wanted to do it, basically. Um, hopefully I'll be able to do one again after the Southampton show. It will probably be... the What time's the game actually even kick off? I haven't even checked that yet. I don't want to get there late. Um, the game kicks off at... I don't even say. Don't even say on here. Don't even say. Don't even say. Uh, well, the game. The game will kick off. I'll soon find out. The game will kick off. Probably should have checked this before I went on air, shouldn't I? Um, but the point I'm trying to make is the the post game show will be late because of the lateness of the game. So the game kicks off at seven forty five. The game kicks off at seven forty five. So two hours for gameplay. So that's nine forty five, nine thirty, nine forty five. Um, so make that. Probably like ten forty-five um, for the for the post-game show at the full-time show, whatever you want to call it. Only problem is my little boy will be asleep in the room next door. So whether the missus lets me is another thing. No, I'm joking. I do what I want in this house. Um, but I will I will definitely do one if I can get people to do it. If you listen to this and you think, well, I like his post-game show, I'll, I'll I'll come on it and have a chat. Please do because the last the last week I couldn't get anybody on it. So if you want to be on the full-time show, the post-game show, whatever you want to call it, give me a shout on DM. 
um, whatever, text if you know me personally. Uh, just message the page if you don't even follow me on, on my personal account. Just message the page and I will get you on the full-time show. We want to do it for the Southampton game because it is massive and I think it will be a positive one. Honestly, I really, really do. I think it's going to be a positive one. But thank you for watching and I will see you definitely for a 60-second review after the game, hopefully for a full-time show. But thanks for watching and we'll see you next time. Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.